You're listening to Marketing Matters, brought to you by Tilburg University. This is Marketing Matters, a podcast brought to you by your team of marketing management lecturers from Tilburg University. In each episode, we connect topics from marketing theory to marketing in business. We talk to marketing professionals about their experiences, best and worst practices in marketing. They will tell you how they use their marketing knowledge to create your marketing reality. I am Aukje. And I am Anne. And in this episode of Marketing Matters, we explore the topic of pricing and entrepreneurship. Just like the previous episode, we are not going to discuss this topic with just the two of us. In this episode, we talk to an alumnus from our Master Marketing Analytics. Luc van Hoogstraten, who together with Dylan Matthijsen and Jason Oleana founded the company Genius Voice. Luc will tell us about the do's and don'ts when starting your own business and the challenges that come with it. Which inspired us to really yeah, throw away the smart speaker and just make our own, vo- our own digital assistant, which if you look at the bigger picture was a very valuable experience. So get yourself a cup of coffee and find out why marketing matters to you. Hey Aukje. It's really nice to start this episode with you. Yes, I'm really excited to talk about pricing and entrepreneurship. And talking about entrepreneurship, have you ever thought about starting your own business? Well, when I was younger, I had a new business idea with another friend every month. But this was more about dreaming than actually doing. You? Yeah, same for me. I think a lot of people have multiple business ideas in their life. But not many of them actually follow through with it. Indeed, and this actually brings us to our guest speaker of this episode, someone who actually followed through and started his own business, Luc van Hoogstraten. Luc, it's really nice to have you here in this episode of Marketing Matters. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can you maybe tell us more about your business, Genius Voice? What do you offer your clients? So with Genius Voice, we we try to provide the perfect customer experience by providing our customers, which are businesses, it's a B2B company, with digital assistance, and that's the word for chat and voice bots. So it's basically they're mainly used in customer service, where we yeah, try to automate the processes and make sure that the our customers can concentrate on yeah on other things that aren't that repetitive. Okay, and you talk about your uh, clients. So can you maybe give an example of a client and what yeah. you do for them? Yeah, yeah. So what would uh, what we're basically working with at the moment is that we work for Dutch municipalities. Um, there's an innovation group with which represents yeah all 300 of them. And we are working in the project group in order to create the intelligence for the assistants. So really, uh, if someone asks, for example, can I apply for a passport? Then the bot will have to respond in a way that someone expects. Uh, and that's what we do for them. And on the other hand, later on in the process, we're probably going to look at, well, um, where does the bot have to chat? Where does the bot have to talk? Can you put it in phone lines? Well, that's where the customizability really comes from. Uh, where normally people would um, create a chat bot and that's it. And then it's in the right, like you, everybody knows it's in the bottom right corner of a website and I click on it and then yeah, I chat and probably, yeah, it won't do what I expect. At least that's, that's, that's my experience. Um, we really want to take it a step further and really make it an omni-channel experience basically. All right, so I can compare it with the standard chatbots that we see in the indeed in the corner of our screen, but then it's more 
uh, suited for the specific company or your specific client. Yes, but it's not that we just do everything, right? Because then you would be really a services company, which is really great, but it's, that's not our uh, ambition to be a service company. We really want to make a product. And what we think is um, a gap in the market, or at least what's what's missing at the moment, is that we have chatbots, but typing is really just a means of getting your 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 thoughts out to the world, right? And we are not typing to each other; we are talking to each other, right? That's way more efficient. Every yeah, almost everybody likes talking more. So why not voice enable them? And if you voice enable them, you won't need a screen anymore, and that gives you a lot of possibilities, for example, in cars, but there's also people that are blind, for example. We, we, we talk a lot with organizations that represent those people. And then you can really create a full customer experience that is inclusive for everyone, basically. How did you come up with Genius Voice? So maybe you can take us back to the moment that the three of you came up with Genius Voice. Well, we basically, we were just sitting in the Dipre building. Um, we all met each other at our pre-masters for marketing. And yeah, we, we were just studying together with, yeah, also with some other people. And at some point we were sitting in the Dipre building and I read something on, on the news, just, just on a regular news site about smart speakers and yeah, their rise in, in, in the United States. And then we thought, then we thought, to we, we discussed with the three of us, like, well, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's probably going to need apps. And well, then I suggested to the other two, well, why don't we just take tomorrow morning, take two hours and just, yeah, go for, uh, and do some more research and let's see, yeah, if we can get something from it. And the funny thing is that we actually had a party of one of our other study group mates. <laughs> Uh, which meant that we were, the next day we were at the Depray building, but everybody was <laughs> was a bit late and everybody was a bit thirsty, if you know what I mean. Um, but then, yeah, we started the research and the smart speakers in the Netherlands were going to be introduced in about two months' time or something. The timing was really good. Um, we looked for some potential competitors. We found some potential competitors, which, of course, is not a problem. It's, yeah, if there's a big market, then there's other people that want a piece of it as well. Um yeah, and we basically never stopped ever since. It, it wasn't that at one point we said to each other, well, now we're a company. It's just that, yeah, it just happened. Basically, all the designs were there and, and we had a lot of fun doing it. I think that's a really, really important part as well. Um, yeah, and that's basically how we started. So it's just from yeah, just reading a news article to yeah, actually taking some initiative because that's that was also the first time for, for me, but also for, the, for Dylan and Jason, my, uh, my partners that we were just going to sit together and talk about a potential innovation. Yeah, that's that's not something that I have I have done ever ever before. So we're probably also pretty lucky to to find each other and to be at that moment at yeah, be at that spot at that exact moment and yeah. So earlier you mentioned that there is a certain gap. You identified a certain gap in the market. But how do you notice that there even was a gap? Because as we already mentioned, a lot of people have business ideas but coming up with something that people are really interested in is something else. Yeah, um, let me first say that we're still in that process, right? It's a it's a constant, yeah, constant loop of of trying to improve what you're doing. But what we basically what we started out with was the smart speakers, right? So there's a Google smart speaker that's yeah uh, in your home and you can just talk to it. But when we really wanted to build what we wanted to build, right? So if we really wanted to do something like 
uh, we had our logo, for example. We didn't know with what logo we wanted, so we just thought, well, why not make us make a small app uh, also as a prototype for people to vote on a certain logo, right? Simple as that. And then we got into the review process, right? There's an, some sort of app store, but Google, yeah, is really strict on what they want and what they don't want in that store, um, which meant that we couldn't make what we wanted to make. And that just kept happening, basically. We, and because of that, we couldn't really find any cool use cases for our customers. And that's a big problem. If you're entering a market where there's no use cases, there's basically no use for the technology other than smart home appliances there. It's really, yeah, it's really cool. But that's not something that we can do, right? That's Google with the smart home appliances makers. So we basically had the problem ourselves of we can build what we want. But there are some really cool things to, to think about, right? But it's more about not really new use cases, but more about new locations to use the technology or new people that um, experiences, experience less barriers. But for the Google systems, you really have to log in. And well, there's, there's, there's a mountain of problems with it. And that's why we saw the gap. Then why can't we just make our own, our own yeah, voice assistant, which is a pretty complicated thing. But there's a lot of cool things in the market. Um, yeah, with, with which you just really can use technology uh, pay as, on pay-as-you-go plans. And you really can just yeah construct your own voice assistant that doesn't have... We, we decide whether someone has to log in or we decide what is okay and what's not okay to make, right? It's just, and that's where the full customizability to our clients come from. But it's from technology. It's not that they come to us and we just say, yeah, yeah, we do everything and yeah, please, please come here because that's also, then it's really hard to build a company. Then you're basically just, yeah, chasing your own tail. So you just mentioned that you had a certain idea and that you talked to your friends about yeah the development of your idea that you came across quite some some obstacles as well so it was not really like uh, yeah you had an idea and you followed through with it you kind of developed the idea while going through with it so to say um, so you already mentioned a bit like how do you get started but can you take us along in this process so once you had that meeting you had an idea you were like okay we're going to do this what do you do then. Yeah, you have another meeting and then you have another one and then you go, yeah, the debris building was our first office basically, but there was also other people there. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just went really organically. I don't think that we ever had the idea of, yeah, we're going to build a company. Yeah, at some point you're going to register it and everything. But I don't have a better answer to that than just, yeah, we probably met the next day and the day after that. And at some point I was in, in my master's obviously and there were... Uh, lectures but yeah sometimes we skipped a lecture halfway through and went went back to work on genius voice which we were way more enthusiastic about and i think that's a key word enthusiasm and fun yeah but at some point you sort of created so you had some obstacles but you were able to uh, at some point create a certain product what do you then so how do you communicate this this product how do you find clients yeah, you need a bit of luck as well, because what's basically happening is that we are a B2B company, which means that generally you don't have that much clients and the deal size gets way bigger, um, which means that it's not, with my marketing analytics background, it's always, yeah, big data sets, a lot of information. And yeah, that's that's exactly the opposite of the market that we entered. Then we had the opportunity because this was in 2019, end of 2018, beginning of 2019, where we really had to look for our first clients and just went through a, yeah, a lot of offline events, really just networking, really get your network in order. And mine was already pretty good because I was in 
HR and well then the the connection spread pretty fast but yeah of course it wasn't enough because you're just yeah you're 24 you're just out of school so you yeah yeah there's there's a lot of to, there's still a lot to build on um yeah and we just we just got really lucky uh, in the end the really the big uh, customer that we still have and that really uh, has been with us for one and a half year that's the uh, municipality of Tilburg and then the innovation lab was the project that I was just talking to you about yeah, I just sent an email to the 30 biggest municipalities in the Netherlands with, yeah, this is our vision. This is what we find interesting. And, yeah, we're looking for someone that, that might have something to say um, within your municipality. Can you help us with that? And the response rate was 2 in 30. Yeah, that was enough. And you also mentioned that while you were developing the idea, you came across some competitors. Um, how do you differentiate yourself from them? Yeah, that's that's really in the, the customizability again. Our competitors, other than there are not that many and a lot of them don't exist anymore, are really are doing something else. Um, they're still talking about smart speaker apps. While we are really talking about voice enabling your customer experience and therefore making it yeah better, more inclusive, whatever you want. Uh, so there's a big difference. But then you get, that's, that's the funny thing, then you have one group of competitors that you just yeah leave leave in that that part of the market and that's okay everybody uh, uh, has a right to do whatever he thinks is best right but then you get other competitors because then you get competitors from in customer experience and yeah that was something that we that we really weren't we didn't realize at first but then at some point yeah the perfect customer experience yeah you can do that in 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 one hundred yeah in the hundreds of ways so why do it with us. Right, and that's where 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 we're where we're at now, basically. That you you have a product. There's a, some really functional benefits to it. You have some customers, and there's more customers coming in, which is really cool. Um, but really, um, just uh, mark, yeah, just what is our market exactly? That's not really clear. It's where we're trying to to be, yeah, unique and be within markets because that's where cool innovations happen. Uh, and that's really a uh, positioning that we're trying to, uh, yeah, that we're getting in, basically. Yeah, and if you would say, like, this is my main competitor, what or who would it be? <laughs> what kind of service? Mm, it's it's companies building it themselves. So it's really the, really the big companies in the Netherlands that, that, pr that are going to develop it themselves. And that basically is our biggest competitor, right? Because... Uh, there's nobody that really thinks in our direction and there, there are companies that can develop it with sufficient IT power uh, and then you have services companies that do it for yeah, the big companies or they do it themselves and that's basically it so big IT services companies that really do everything but then they're not focused on what we're doing so I'm not uh, that concerned about it because also yeah, uh, customer experience almost every B2C company has it so yeah, why bother? Yeah, then the market is big enough, basically. So, Luke, we talked about the ID part and translating that ID into a specific first step. But of course, the goal of every entrepreneur is to make a lot of money. Now, I'm curious, how did you determine a price for your service? We still haven't. <laughs> it's easy as that. It's every time that it comes in. The, even yesterday, the customer called me about, well, we, we agreed upon this and that's still relevant, but we also want you to do this. What's that going to do with the price of this pilot? 
Yeah, and then we had a discussion on it for half an hour, 45 minutes, like what's it going to cost us? But we never want to talk about hours, right? Because that's really services. And it's also when you, we really want to partner up with the few clients that we have, right? It's big deal sizes. And then it's really tedious if you have to spend a lot of hours on calculating, yeah, well, this is going to take this long and this is going to take that this long. So it's really also value-based, right? Because you, you can basically do two things in our market. And that's you, you, you make sure that, costs drop or you create value and if co- if you're a, a, a cost saving company basically you're always talking you're always looking at if you look at a graph and you're you, you have to get it down then there's a zero line somewhere there right and it's in finance so you can't go negative so there's a there's, a, there's an end to the to the um, earning potential when you look at value you're looking at the top of the graph and then yeah there's there's basically no top other than yeah at some point the, the all the money in the world is yeah yeah, the, the, that's where the top is, basically. Um, so that's what we try to do. We really try to do it value-based, which also leads to way more interesting conversations than, yeah, yeah, you don't, you can send to 10 people from your customer service. Uh, yeah, you can just fire them at the end of the year if you integrate our solution, right? This is way more, yeah, way more fun, but also pretty stressful. We also had potential customers really left in our faces, like, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, this is not what we're going to pay. Yeah, well then, okay, then we're probably not for each other. Okay, so you talk about value instead of price because you say price is kind of a process. Setting a price is a process, but how do you determine the value? Yeah, that's that's. I think this is a cool thing when you when you come out of school or out of university. Sorry, where there's not always a way to do something. It's just do it and and trial and error. Basically, you really have to have some thick skin and I don't know if I had it already but I, I developed it where I just really cared less and less about what other people thought and well about your image because you basically have no image right you're, you're so young you don't you don't know that many people so why care about your image and that's really a pretty liberating pretty liberating thought and that really helps me and us because I can yeah speak for the other two as well that we we've made a Great development, I guess, in the in the past two and a half year. So it sounds like you are really uh, looking for customers who are seeking the benefits of your offer and are willing to maybe pay sometimes a higher price for it. It's not so much about market share, but more about what can we offer in terms of the benefits. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Well, there is a there is a way to do it apparently, but we just didn't know it at that moment. Um, yeah, this this is exactly what we do. We really don't care about market share because I, I don't even have the means to calculate that market share. So why would I bother doing it? And we are just having a lot of fun creating, really helping people, really helping that customer experience and really, really helping those specific target groups by yeah, just being able to communicate way more easily with such a company or such an organization, uh, which is very cool and we get paid to do it. And then also... Auk, you said, well, the, the, the goal of every entrepreneur is to make a lot of money. Of course, we're all marketers, we're all e- economists, more or less. So, yeah, of course, there's, there's money. It's really important, right? That's why, that's why we study so hard and that's why we went to school every day. We need it, yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, but just when you get along the basic needs, if we take Maslow into account, right, if we go beyond there, then it's still very cool to have it. But for me, it was way more the autonomy and for the other guys as well, where we just really want to make our own decisions and yeah, li- uh, do it by our own rules, basically. 
Well, it sounds like everything is going very smoothly. However, I can imagine when being an entrepreneur, you bump into a lot of unforeseen problems as well. And you've mentioned some. Can you give us an example of a situation which you can laugh about now, but at the time you felt quite embarrassed? Yeah, surely I, I was almost crying to, to just to, 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 yeah, to full disclosure. What happened? We were in a, because we as a company, we were a bit looking for a problem solution fit. That's the first thing in product development that you do. And we were a bit stuck there. It's hard, right? That's why we still were on the smart speaker apps and well, there's basically no market for it. So yeah, you're not going to sell anything. It's easy as that. But I come from an HR company, or at least that's why I worked in uh, during my university uh, study. So I thought, well, why not try recruitment? And there's uh, uh, one one advisor that we have that really, yeah, that really is deep into that in that world. Uh, so we went. To, he he took us to London. He he is from or he lives in London. He lived in London. And there was a, a um, yeah a, an event of there were 100 HR managers from the hospitality industry. So that's Marriott hotels, that's KFC, that's all those chains, right? So it's just um yeah for work so we made a demo on a google smart speaker and that well we worked really hard on it like it, it asked someone what do you want to get paid what do you find interesting in a job it took from your locations it took the uh, it took your location from the from the system itself so it was really elegant it was really yeah we thought a lot about it we've interviewed some people in that world that's what they wanted to see well that's okay then we're going to do it um, and I did a 15-minute presentation, and to really show off what we made, we just selected someone from the audience to do it. And that was, um, yeah, we prepared that as well uh, in the in the break, right, with that specific person. So it was a bit, right, it, it was a bit mm, better than it actually was. It, it seemed better than it was, and that's also a grid, a big part of marketing. But then what happened? Is that yeah yeah every, everything went wrong right? There's different turns in that conversation. So you say something, and then the speaker says something. But there were 100 people in that venue, which meant that it took uh, everything took way too long, and then it crashed at some point. And then, right, you have you've built up to going to London for the first time in your life to do a presentation in English for some really really big brands. Right, you really want to do everything perfect. You do, you, you pre prepare everything perfectly, and then there's some so something stupid that you didn't think of. That that's the Wi-Fi over there. That meant that yeah, that we just yeah, there was a guy that presented the whole evening, and I was completely in my own world after that, and really disappointed about what just happened. But he he roasted us basically as well. Like yeah, yeah, that was awkward, and I, I really don't know what what happened over there. Um, needless to say, we didn't get any interesting leads from that. Uh, yeah, uh, from that event, which basically meant what was the big fail was not uh, is trying to show off on such an event. Really make sure that it works, and then do it because people, yeah, they they really really are put off if something fails like that. That's a fail. Yeah, well, in some way it, it sounds familiar. Of course, we had to switch to online teaching and technology <laughs> wasn't our friend a lot of the time as well, <laughs> which made you sometimes feel like, a, yeah, quite embarrassed, I would say. Yeah. But so you said like you were 
then not really able to fix it at that time or it, it got you off guard there's maybe no, there's no wi-fi at all and you're doing something with a, a, a system that's not yours and and yeah you're just really really uh, at the mercy of the wi-fi and the system that you're working with and that's uh, an amount of dependence on on those two factors that we just really didn't want to experience again which inspired us to really yeah throw away the smart speaker and just make our own vo our own digital assistant which if you look at the bigger picture was a very valuable experience and also it was really cool going to london for your company right that's really a next step which i yeah, still treasure so i'm very happy that i did it but at that moment i was yeah i was nearly crying 100 percent. yeah and it was just the advisor really pat me on the back and come on the, the the game starts now right now you have to talk to people they have seen you let's learn something from these people and we had a great evening but it was more fun than really yeah uh we didn't earn any money basically but it was an investment in knowledge in in, in experience yeah, experience basically yeah so we talked about how you guys came up with genius voice how you took your first step in transforming it into a business and which steps you had to take and how you were able to attach a certain value to your offering. However, the podcast is not over yet. In about a minute, you will hear this week's breaking news. So stay tuned. And now, breaking news in marketing. Anne, I want to discuss an article from NOS about a very popular subject namely the Dutch elections. The headline of the article reads, a different advertisement than your neighbor, the online campaigns of Dutch political parties. And as the headline already indicates, the article explains that most Dutch political parties invest quite some money in their online social media campaigns. And this results in a high amount of different advertisements from the same party. For example, a young person will see a message about lowering student debt and someone who is over the age of 55 will see a message about higher retirement payouts. But the message comes from the same party. As marketeers, bells are starting to ring because of course this is a typical case of targeting. I wonder to what degree a social media campaign can influence the final results. And should we accept this or is this something that should be restricted? Okay, I get where you're coming from, but where lies the responsibility then? With the social media platforms, or with the public policymakers, or with the parties themselves? Those are indeed some good questions, Anne. And do you think that voters are even aware of this? Because I personally think that being targeted to buy a specific soda brand is clearly a different story than being targeted to vote for a specific political party. Yeah, I agree with you. And this is indeed a really interesting topic, which is open, I think, for a lot of debate. As we did last time, we would like to ask our listeners, you, to think about this article. Can you link it to relevant marketing theories? Can you answer some of our questions? Or do you have some interesting questions yourself? Moreover, as a voter, do you think that marketing is a tool that should be used in politics? It is time to ask and find out yourself. How do you let marketing matter to you? That was it for this episode of Marketing Matters, where we have talked about entrepreneurship, targeting and value creation, and of course, genius voice. Luc, thank you for the fun and motivational conversation. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really nice to hear about the story of three of our marketing students who had a vision and were not afraid to follow through with it. 
In the next episode, we will dive deeper into the topics of promotion and communication. And you will learn what role marketing can play in the financial sector. So stay tuned. In the meantime, if you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or anything else you would like to share, please reach out to us by sending a message to marketingmatters at tilburguniversity.edu. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Anne. Thank you, Aukje. Bye. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Tilburg University, Edu Ilan, in collaboration with the podcast producenten.